Morning Press, a BrainIron.com production. Here's 11 minutes or so of news for today, Thursday, January 18th, 2024. In February of 2021, the Biden administration delisted the Houthis, the Islamist rebel group in de facto government control of much of Yemen, as a foreign terrorist organization, a designation that had been made by the outgoing Trump administration just a couple of weeks earlier. On Wednesday, Secretary of State Antony Blinken announced that the United States would reclassify the Houthis as a specially designated global terrorist group, effective a month from now, a label that is a sort of half-measure intended to punish the Houthis for their ongoing campaign of commercial ship bombardment in the Red Sea without impacting the flow of humanitarian aid into the war-ravaged country. The two labels come with different sets of consequences for those that send supplies into the country, and aid groups would be even more hesitant to continue to work in Houthi-controlled parts of Yemen if the stronger foreign terrorist organization label were applied by the State Department. Blinken's statement said that the 30-day implementation period would be used to coordinate with humanitarian aid groups in order to, quote, mitigate any adverse impacts this designation may have on the people of Yemen. End quote. Seemingly unmoved, the Houthis struck another U.S.-owned cargo ship traversing the narrow Gulf of Aden on Wednesday, resulting in limited damage and no casualties. The U.S. and U.K. subsequently fired on several targets in Yemen, continuing their campaign of degrading Houthi attack capacity. The CEO of international shipping giant Maersk said in Davos this week that the Red Sea is, quote, one of the most important arteries of global trade and global supply chains, end quote. And analysts worry that the ongoing disruptions to global trade could contribute to inflation around the world. Reuters reports that the actual freight volumes being shipped through the Red Sea have fallen to just one-third of the expected normal total. A brief aside for some limited historical context delivered in just five sentences. In 2015, the Obama administration provided logistical and intelligence aid to the Saudis to support their intervention in the Yemeni civil war against the Houthis, including large amounts of U.S.-made weapons and controversial cluster bombs that made Saudi Arabia the U.S.'s most lucrative arms customer. The Obama administration was perhaps inclined to help the Saudis in an attempt to make up for the upset caused by the so-called Iran deal, an arrangement that imposed restrictions on Iran's nuclear development capabilities in exchange for the easing of some economic sanctions against the country, some of the benefits from which, it was argued, would eventually trickle down to Iran's support for the Houthis. The ensuing humanitarian disaster in Yemen was far worse than the U.S. had anticipated, with indiscriminate bombing and massive civilian casualty figures, which the U.S. bore some responsibility for, given its ongoing material support. Before leaving office, and after the Obama administration determined that State Department officials were potentially exposed to charges of war crimes for their role in selling bombs to the Saudis, Obama began gesturing in the direction of less U.S. support, including blocking a shipment of bombs that was scheduled to be delivered to the war effort. The Trump administration resumed full support for the Saudis quite bigly, less concerned about legal exposure to potential war crimes than helping the Saudis confront Iran by proxy and expanding the lucrative arms sales. 
Biden then came into office in 2021, making broad rhetorical gestures about ending support for the war, but has continued to allow billions of dollars of weapons to flow to the effort. Apologies, that was six sentences, and they were not particularly short. In whoopsie boom news, an explosion of illegally stockpiled explosives in a residential neighborhood in one of Nigeria's biggest cities left three dead and 77 more injured. No arrests have yet been made, and an investigation is ongoing. Authorities suspect that the materials were to be used in nearby illegal mineral mining operations. In purposeful boom news, Iran and Pakistan have traded airstrikes across their shared 560-mile border this week, with both countries targeting not each other, but different Baluk separatist militant groups. Iran and Pakistan both say that the other provides safe harbor to various Balakistan insurgency groups trying to carve out an area of autonomous control between the two countries. The Taliban, which makes use of the largely lawless region as an important route for opium shipments coming out of Afghanistan, urged the two countries to practice restraint. Finally, in eventual boom news, Japan and the United States signed a purchase agreement that could see Japan buy up to 400 Tomahawk cruise missiles from the U.S., following up on a recent deal that saw Japan export Patriot missiles to the U.S., The $2.35 billion sale, approved by Congress this past November, is part of a broader defense strategy Japan adopted in late 2022, in which they pledged to double defense spending, putting them on the road to becoming the third highest spending military in the world, behind the U.S. and China, primarily in response to concern about potential threats from China and North Korea. On this day in history, January 18, 1961, the New York Times ran a front-page story about outgoing President Dwight D. Eisenhower's farewell address to the nation of the evening before. In it, Eisenhower acknowledged that the United States could, quote, no longer risk emergency improvisation of national defense. We have been compelled to create a permanent armaments industry of vast proportions, end quote. But he warned that this necessary new permanent arms industry in conjunction with an immense military establishment, the influence of which he predicted would be felt in every municipal and state and federal government office, must be understood to have grave implications on the, quote, economic, political, even spiritual, end quote, character and structure of American society. Quote, in in the, the councils, councils of, of government, government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. We must never let the weight of this combination endanger our liberties or democratic processes. We should take nothing for granted. Only an alert and knowledgeable citizenry can compel the proper meshing of the huge industrial and military machinery of defense with our peaceful methods and goals, so that security and liberty may prosper together.
At a time that the U.S. national debt stood at about 50 percent of the gross domestic product, Eisenhower also cautioned against, quote, plundering for our own ease and convenience the precious resources of tomorrow. End quote. The debt as a percentage of GDP would sink over the course of the subsequent 20 years to a low of 31% in 1981, before beginning to climb again with the massive defense spending of the Reagan administration. The debt now stands at some $34 trillion, more than 120% of GDP. We cannot mortgage the material assets of our grandchildren without risking the loss also of their political and spiritual heritage. We want democracy to survive for all generations to come, not to become the insolvent phantom of tomorrow. During the long lane of the history yet to be written, America knows that this world of ours, ever growing smaller, must avoid becoming a community of dreadful fear and hate and be instead a proud confederation of mutual trust and respect. Eisenhower, the 34th president of the United States, left office as the oldest man to ever serve in that role at the age of 70. Donald Trump was 14 years old when Eisenhower gave his farewell address. Joe Biden was 18. Also on this day, January 18th in 1882, 142 years ago. Winnie the Pooh author A.A. A. Milne was born. Now, here's a look at the weather. I watched Eisenhower's farewell address in full. It's only 15 minutes or so long. There's a link in the show note if you'd like to check it out. And while I've read it before, I'm not sure I've revisited it since before the trumpeting. I think it mostly speaks for itself, but I will say that the one thing that struck me this morning is how confidently he speaks about this country as a unified whole, with singular goals and aspirations, and the obvious trust he has in his fellow country people to pursue those noble goals with humility and hope. This is an address to those very citizens who had just elected John F. Kennedy to replace him. Kennedy, who, during the campaign, Ike said he would, quote, do almost anything to avoid turning my chair and country over to, end quote. I don't mean to pine for a more civilized time, but listening to Eisenhower address the nation as a cohesive collection of rational adults, not pleading for anything, not talking down to a population he believes is stupid or wrong, and not talking them up like there's some sanctified last hope for humanity either, but an address delivered to equals who he knows share something fundamental that transcends petty politics. This is a speech that seems deeply grounded in reality, in a way that no modern presidential speech ever is anymore, what with their soaring abstractions and calls for nigh-religious faith and dire warnings about the existential risk posed by your neighbor getting his political way. This is a speech that is deeply respectful of every single person listening, certain of mutuality, and it is absolutely inconceivable that such an address could be given today. In my adult lifetime, I have heard the bordering on creepy evangelical certitude of George W. Bush, the empty, platitudinous clarion call for belief in hope and this self that marked the early personality cultish days of Barack Obama before it soured into predictable animus. 
The violent, blood-and-soil-infused nationalism of Trump's vision of American carnage layered over all the stupidity, both his own and the obvious contempt he and his speechwriters had for all of us, the infinitely stupid rabble. And now Biden's desperate exhortations that only his frail body stands between the right-thinking true Americans and the oblivion of the end of democracy and the country as we know it. Setting aside the particulars, we seem always, now, to be addressed feverishly and fearfully and mostly metaphorically, all narrative and promise, or threat, and story, talked to like children in need of something to believe in. When Eisenhower concludes his speech with a prayer that, quote, All, all peoples will come to live together in a peace guaranteed by the binding force of mutual respect. And love. It sounds sincere, and if not rationally achievable, then at least conceivably to be strived for by a populace that he really thinks is capable of anything, or at least capable of being spoken to and behaving like respectable grown-ups. That's what stuck out most to me in Eisenhower's farewell. Not his dignity, which was abundant, but the apparent reverence he had for the dignity of all of his fellow Americans. People being people, of course they didn't all deserve it back then, but when it comes to human dignity, as with everything else, deserves got nothing to do with it. That's the weather from here. How's it look out your window? The Morning Press is a production of the BrainIron.com multinational media empire. Please direct comments and complaints to BrainIronPodcast at gmail.com. For a transcript of today's episode and links to the stories referenced, find The Morning Press at BrainIron.substack.com, where, if you would like to support this and the other podcasting and blogging endeavors of the BrainIron.com media empire, you can also become a paying subscriber. If you can think of anyone else who might enjoy whatever it is we're up to around here, please consider sharing. Thanks, and barring the sudden onset of the inevitable, we'll talk to you tomorrow. The proceeding was created with 100% human content. <laughs>